We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jesse, before you go away, are you ready for rapid fire? I am ready for rapid fire. I think uh, my phone uh, knew that the, the fire was coming because it got it shut down because my phone got too hot. And so I had to oh boy. quickly turn on the car and blast the AC onto my phone to get the temperature to cool down a little bit. It's weird how it does that sometimes. You needed like a like a Ziploc bag and a bag of ice or something that you can throw it in but <laughs> all right we better get going then make sure usma 87 says one of the things that uh that you can also bid on in that auction is throwing out the first pitch at a tigers game which would definitely be cool all right so we've been talking stock on today's show jesse buy low sell high is the principal fill in the blank the notre dame player whose stock you would buy heading into the summer and toward fall training camp is blank the player stock that I would buy low and sell high is Junior Tuyalamaka. Um, I believe, you know, I've been raving about him this whole offseason. I like the transition uh, from him to linebacker to defensive line because he has the speed of a linebacker um, but still has the strength of a defensive lineman. And I think that his versatility is going to be very vital um, this, this upcoming season. And I think you're going to see him um, in a lot of different packages and fronts. He's going to be a guy you can miss, miss, mismatch um, and kind of glue in wherever you need. So I would say, you know, looking at someone's stock who is like low right now compared to others and who could really boom and sell high, I think Junior Chili Alamaca would be my person. Yeah, I think that that one is a good one as well. He's very intriguing with that transition from middle linebacker to that Viper defensive end paired up along with Jordan Botello and Vince and I kind of talked. We had we had three different duos yesterday and which one we were most confident in. And, and the, the Botello Tui Alamaka was one of them. And uh, we both feel really good about that duo. So that's a good one. I'm going to go with a guy who didn't get to practice at all this spring, but who had a really great spring last year. He's coming off the Achilles injury, Jadarian Price. And because of where this running back room is right now, when you look at you know, you talked about Andre Estime's stock really being up after the departure of Logan Diggs. And I talked about, well, Jabron Payne's stock is up as well. But Jadarian Price is, I mean, if, if the guy is healthy and 
just based on the fact we did get to see him start running some sprints and stuff like that toward the end of spring practice and they're getting into the summer now like I think that that is the guy to watch once again coming out of last spring you know all the buzz was about Jadarian Price and what he was going to be able to do and now if he's coming back that's who I'm going with is Jadarian Price that's whose stock I'm buying right now we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sticking with some stock swapping. What two college football teams would you buy stock in for this season? And which two would you sell their stock right now? Ooh, so this is a tough question. I think I'll start with my first sell. Um, I would sell Florida State's uh, stock going into the season. I'm not completely sold um, on them being, you know, kind of as highly touted um, as everyone kind of puts them out to be. And I know they have a, you know, who, a supposed kind of quarterback that's supposed to be pretty good, but you got to be able to prove it. And I think Ohio, Florida State, you know, really hasn't uh, shown anything yet this season. So I would definitely sell their stock, a team stock um that i would buy is i would buy i would buy oregon stock um out in the pac 12 i think that they are going to be much better this season i don't think bo nix gets enough credit uh for being really a, a solid quarterback um and i think anything is really possible out in the pac 12 i think outside of usc you know we, we kind of know what's expected there but i think that you know Oregon was very close last season and they ended up playing in a really good bowl game and, and beat a really good North Carolina team, in my opinion. So I am uh, buying their stock. Um, another team stock that I'm buying is honestly Notre Dame's. And that's not just because of, you know, this show or Irish breakdown or anything like that. I just genuinely think that they're kind of undervalued right now. Um, and they have a lot of good things on paper. They've improved um, at the quarterback position. They're going to improve at the wide receiver position. Their offensive line is going to, you know, be the steady kind of constant that it is. And then their defense, I think their defense is going to improve compared to last year. And that they already had a pretty solid defense last year. But I think they're going to be more experienced, quicker, um, and just overall better this year. So I would also buy Notre Dame stock going into this season. Um, and then, honestly, the last one I would sell, I would sell Michigan stock. And the reason why I would sell Michigan stock is I don't think that Jim Harbaugh can do it three years in a row. I don't think that he can beat Ohio State three years in a row. I don't think he can win the Big Ten three years in a row. And I think that their window was ultimately last year 
when they had the shot to play TCU in the college football playoff and failed to go to the national championship. So I think, uh, you know, overall Michigan stock is going to be down com compared to last season. I think they're going to be one of those teams looking out, you know, on the outside in at the college football playoff this year after making it the past two seasons. I know a lot of people are really high on Michigan. Like a lot, a lot of people I see have them in their top three. I'm just really not buying it. JJ McCarthy's not a great quarterback. I think that, you know, they've kind of relied on that kind of old school, you know, Jim Harbaugh offense, but I don't think mm -hmm. that can go that far. And I think that their running backs aren't going to be able to sustain the success that they had the past few seasons. Yeah. Interesting. It, the two cells that you have, Michigan and Florida State, were both under consideration. You know, I considered both of them on my cell list. What what it came down to for both of them is I think that they just have easy enough schedules that, you know, you're right. Like, will, they, will Michigan get to the college football playoff again? Yeah, I, I think that that would be, you know, that would be stretching it a little bit. I, I still think they're going to be, you know, right around the top 10 when it's all said and done, you know, the question is going to be what kind of dent Penn State is able to make in there because a lot of people are really high on Penn State this season. Like, is Penn State going to be able to at least split with Michigan or Ohio, you know, and Ohio State? And if it's Michigan they beat, does Ohio State beat Michigan as well? But so I left them off. And again, like Florida State, really their season's going to come down to they've got LSU early on once again, they've got Clemson. And of course, they have Miami. Those three games, right there. And I, so I was, I was considering a sell, but I, I kind of held off on them. My sells are Texas. Their last year in the Big Twelve. I saw someone was buying on Texas. They're obviously overhyped every year. They lost five games again last year. They lost their best player, Bijan Robinson. You know, and everyone in the conference I think is going to be shooting for them this year in their last year in the Big Twelve. So I'm selling on Texas, and I'm selling on another orange team as well, and it's Tennessee because they lose Hendon Hooker. You know, we'll see what Joe Milton gives them. But, you know, I think last year was a little bit of a lightning in a bottle. And, you know, it was their first double-digit win season in 15 years. So odds are they come back to earth a little bit this year. They've got to play Alabama. They've got to play Georgia. They get Texas A&M in South Carolina back-to-back. -back. You know, that's not going to be an easy back-to-back. -back, so... I'm selling the two orange teams. I agree with you. I'm buying Notre Dame stock right now as well because of where they are. I feel like that they're in a really good position, kind of sitting on the cusp of the top 10. I do think they're going to be a playoff contender when it's all said and done. And I'm going to buy Washington as well. You went with Oregon. I'm going to go with Washington with a guy that a lot of people think is the second best quarterback in the Pac-12 and Michael Penix Jr. You know, after Caleb Williams obviously, but they've added some secondary help through the transfer portal. They've added a little bit to their backfield. Their season's going to come down to back-to-back -back games, USC and Utah, to start off the month of November for Washington. So at least for right now, I think that their stock has a chance to rise really high before they get to November. Is your phone doing okay still? Yeah, I'm doing good. Okay. It sounded like you were bouncing it off the dashboard or something. <laughs> I've got another Notre Dame question for you. When it comes to Notre Dame's football helmets, do you prefer the shiny laminate helmets that they have right now, or would you rather they go back to painting the helmets? So like they paint the helmets, but you've got, you know, like the more dull kind of look. This is something Brian was talking about 
recently? Which do you prefer? Um, I prefer the new ones. I, I like the shiny. Um, and the reason why I like that is because Notre Dame is known for the Golden Dome. Um, and I think that the, the, that the helmets are a very accurate representation of the Golden Dome. And when I think of golden, I think of shiny. I think of bright. And I think of, you know, gold. Um, but I, I don't, you know, those dull ones, that just doesn't remind me really um, of gold. It reminds me of like a dark kind of mustardy almost color. So, yeah, I, I'm all aboard on the, the newer ones just because of, again, they remind me more of golden. I like the sparkle. I like the splash. I like, you know, how, how they kind of replicate um, the golden dome. Yeah, I wish, you know, the, the painting the helmets tradition is really cool. And like they did that for gosh, several years, basically until the Brian Kelly era rolled around when they started, you know, dabbling and, and, and finding it, it's these, the, the new ones with the laminate, they just look too good, especially on TV, whether it's night or day, the sparkle in those helmets, I think it looks really cool. It is really sharp. They stand out from virtually every other gold helmeted team in the nation you know like boston college still kind of has that old dull look like when navy wears theirs it's that old dull you know just gold spray painted look you know notre dames stand out so much better and when you're on national tv as much as they are i think that they really they really need it because they're never going to change their helmets that much and i think that where you are right now you need that sharp sparkle pop coming off those helmets whether it's a night game or a day game. So I like them. You know, again, I do miss the tradition of uh, the painting of the helmets. I think it was a really cool tradition, but just from a look standpoint, I don't think you can beat the current gold that they have. <laughs> they're still giving you, they're still giving you a hard time, Jess, or, or Salty. Is he, <laughs> he wants to know what that noise was. He thinks you're out there buying weapons and I'm giving you coded messages. <laughs> for your Sandusky trip there. So, all right. The NFL schedule release for the upcoming season is this week, Thursday night. It'll be released as the reigning Super Bowl champions. The chiefs, of course, will play the first game of the season. They'll get a Thursday night game. It'll be a home game. Here are their home opponents for the season. You've got, of course, the AFC West, the Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders. And then you've got, they will also play the Eagles, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins, Chicago Bears, and Detroit Lions at home. So which of those teams would you want the Chiefs to open against? Um, You know, honestly, give me – no, I want to say the Eagles, but that's just a, a rematch too early. Um, You know, to me, you can't really go with a divisional opponent because I think that divisional opponents are more so – you know, for, for the middle of the season, that kind of middle chunk of the season, middle third of the season, I guess you could say. Um, and then the Eagles, too. So can you can you repeat those teams, not the Eagles and not out of the AFC West? Sure. The other teams are Buffalo, Cincinnati, Miami, Chicago, and Detroit. I would have to say either Buffalo or Cincinnati because I think those are two teams that, you know, obviously – uh, they, they've played before, and those are also very solid teams who, you know, going into the season, you would say that they have really strong playoff aspirations, and you want to put a game on as the opening night game 
that's going to catch a lot of attention. So you want two really well matched up teams. So I would have to say um, Cincinnati or Buffalo. Um, but really, I, I like the, you know, the, the the going out of the conference. So I would have to say Cincinnati. Um, and, and and that would, yeah, that would be my final final choice. Cincinnati's who you're going. I don't want to see him play the Eagles. I don't want a rematch of the Super Bowl right off the bat. I mean, I think like save that for, for middle to late October, you know, maybe even early November, something like that. I, I think you're, you know, like I think you could make a case for the Dolphins, just considering you've got Tua and Tyree Kill and that whole thing. And as long as Tua is healthy, I think that would actually be a really great game. And you've got the Tyree Kill connection going back to Kansas City, I think that would be a good one. So I'll go outside the box a little bit. I'll go with that. You know, I agree. Like, I think the obvious choices are either Buffalo or Cincinnati. But, like, you look at those Eagles, Bills, Bengals games, like, those are games that if you put them on in a primetime game somewhere in the middle of the season, you're going to get a huge rating no matter what because they're all going to be Super Bowl contenders like you don't necessarily have to put them at the front of the schedule I don't think but I don't think you could go wrong with any of them but I'll just go with Tyree Kill going back to Kansas City with Tua with the Miami Dolphins in week one against Kansas City you know speaking of schedules and games uh did you see that this season no network owns any games anymore yeah they're going to uh like it used to be if the you know if you had an NFC and an AFC team playing, the TV assignment was based on who the visiting team was. So like if if uh, the Eagles, for example, were visiting Kansas City, it would be a Fox game. But they've done away with that now, and now they're basically all up for grabs. And I think that that might have had something to do with you know Vince and I were talking yesterday. There, Peter King was reporting that they might have have to delay the schedule release because they were still trying to get it all together. And then they came out later in the afternoon and said, no, we're going to get it. But I think he said something about like these TV assignments because of the way things are being done differently. Now might've thrown a wrench into things a little bit, but they're going to be on track with it. It's, it, it's going to be, it's going to be different, you know, like you, you, you might have some, uh, you're, you're going to have some different announcers calling games that you haven't been used to, depending on what team you're a fan of for the last few years. I, I like it. I like the fact that you could, that there's going to be a lot of variation because mm-hmm. it seems like oftentimes a lot of teams kind of get stuck with the same broadcasts, you know, majority of the season. <laughs> we are not Marshall says who else is stoked for year 38 of the bears rebuild. He's you know, ready. speaking of speaking of Chicago and rebuilds, I think uh, I'm going to go out on a conspiracy here and I'm just going to leave it at this. The NHL lottery was pretty rigged last night for Chicago to get the number one pick. I mean, Connor Bedard, you know, I know they're, they're the, this is my limited hockey nom- knowledge, but Connor <laughs> Bedard is a very generational talent. And I don't think that Chicago uh, was very deserving. And I, I think that a team that's been, you know, part of the original six, um, I, I think that the, uh, the NHL kind of rigged it for Chicago to get that number one pick this season. I think there were, you know, more deserving teams, but that's how the lottery works. But uh, to me, the system seemed a little bit rigged. You're such a conspiracy theorist. It's fun to, you know, it's fun because then you get people riled up. I guess so. I, I wasn't paying attention closely enough to. Uh, well, they, I did. They, I did see like one tweet about it this morning, I think. Well, there was so. uh, an instance where I guess uh, the, the guy who was, you know, doing uh, announcing the lottery order 
announced the pick before it even, you know, they went to commercial and he, he blurted out what the, who was going to have what pick and everything. And so there's a lot of, a lot of conspiracies going around that, that it could be rigged. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rom, like Jesse, it's not televised. No teams move from four to 16 and only Chicago moved up rigged. Oh. That's what I mean. And, and then Chi-Town is jeering and heckling you right now. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it's obvious that the NHL wanted this, this, you know, stud and a big market. They didn't want him going to Anaheim or Columbus. Potentially they wanted him in Chicago. And so oh. and that's just, that makes sense to me. Big conspiracy. All right. The NCAA is considering a change to the college basketball charging rule. It would make the defender gain position before the ball handler plants their foot to leap into a shot. The defender previously has only had to be in position before the player was in the air. So do you buy or sell this possible change? I sell this. There's no reason to tweak rules, and especially when it's the same rule as the, you know, the NBA's. If you are established before, you know, that basically the player has lifted off into the air or taken flight, then it's a charge. And I don't think that, you know, in a game where I think charges are very, they're big momentum shifters. And I think it takes away the power from the defense a little bit. Um, and I, I don't, I don't like that. I think it's already hard enough to play defense um, as is. And again, I like, I like things that translate across the board and, you know, the, uh, these guys are going to be going from college to NBA. So I say don't mess with the rule. I think it's already hard enough yeah, to play defense. I I like it. it, it it's like it, it it's, you get into the NCAA tournament and it turns into such a mess. And I, I think it can, you know, it it like the 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 way these officials call games, I don't like it. I don't like the late slide to get into position. So I like them actually having to be in position earlier than later because I do think that there are too many times like what is an offensive player supposed to do once they have left the ground, you know, and a player is still sliding over in front of them. So I, I think that it, it is too easy to draw a charge in college basketball, actually. So I like this rule. I like the fact that they're doing this tweak. Potentially, they've still got to approve it, but I like the fact that they're at least looking at doing this. Had a few that that popped up with the chance. Joe said Notre Dame baseball is trending up. Well, they were before the they, weekend. Yeah, they they took they a lost tough series to NC State. They're they're really in trouble, actually. Right? They now. got it. They if they really want to feel good about themselves, they not only need to take two or three from Boston College. They need a clean sweep at Boston yeah. College. They need to sweep out the regular season. You know, to have any chance of an at-large bid, I think, and. Semi really, the ACC tournament. Yeah, I was going to say they're they're putting themselves into a situation now where, yeah, they might even have to go all the way to the ACC championship, you know, to get an at-large. Obviously, if they win the ACC, it just really sucks because they started off really slow against some teams that I think if they played now that they would handle their yeah. business against. I agree. I agree. Jason wants to know, going back to what teams you're buying or selling, are you buying buying or selling Colorado? <laughs> I'm buying Colorado actually. I think Dion, everyone's given Dion a hard time. I think Dion knows how to win, and that's proven throughout his career and his track record so far as a coach. And I get it. It's hard. It's 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 gonna be harder and, and different in a power five, but 
you know, I, I think Colorado is really going to, to start trending upwards. And if it's not this year, I think you'll see, you know, major strides definitely in the next couple of seasons. I, I would hold Deion Sanders to the, the same standard that I held Marcus Freeman to. I didn't, I didn't expect Marcus Freeman to go out there in his first year and be absolutely perfect, you know, at Notre Dame and considering the level at which Notre Dame plays at. And I think Colorado obviously is not nearly as, you know, known for its football program as Notre Dame, but I still think Deion's going to struggle a little bit this year, but I think year two is really where I'm going to be, you know, crucial or more harsh um, on someone like Dion and the Colorado program. I'm buying them long-term. I mean, right now they've got a pretty low bar. The Vegas over under the last I saw was three and a half, you know, Ooh, win total. I got to take that somewhere. <laughs> That's I think so. I, 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 I like the over. On that, I mean, three and a half is not a very big number, so I, I definitely like the over on that. I, I don't care about the you know, like a lot of these outlets have tried to spin this that there is a mass exodus, like people like these players were leaving Dion, like it's the other way around. No, Dion was them forcing out. them out, yeah, and there's a big difference in in uh, in how things have gone down out there. Oops, I accidentally unstarred Chi-Town. But he was asking earlier what we thought about that Alabama baseball scandal, and we touched on it a little bit last week. It is just it is just nuts to see the head coach of a Power Five, you know, like it, not just Power Five, but the SEC, like the premier college baseball conference in the country, getting fired for placing bets, not just placing bets on his own team, as someone pointed out last week, he wasn't Pete Rose betting on his team to win. He bet, allegedly, on his team to lose to LSU, and that's what got him fired. Some large sums, two large bets were placed that they would lose to LSU, and that's what eventually or what ultimately got him fired. It's just it's just nuts. There's just no way else to spin it. The guy's just an idiot. How do you, yeah, as a, as a Division One baseball coach, how do you think, you know, that that these things won't get back to you. Anyone who gets caught up in any sort of these scandals, it's just you are in a higher magnifying glass than the the normal person. And the fact that you believe that you won't be able, that you you know won't get caught, it's just it's stupid to me. Shaitan wants to know if we think that the Bama baseball team will get the SMU death penalty. I don't think so. I, I no, think it's nothing they, on know, them. It's yeah, it's one person specifically. Yeah, it's not like. You and know, it's not like up, recruiting like, violations or exactly. any of that kind of stuff. I mean, what's crazier is, you know, now you've got Iowa and Iowa State football players who are all, you know, involved in this big gambling thing as well. Like, I mean, that's the, the whole gambling aspect. You know, that was that was a big concern when you're talking about involving college sports. And like, I didn't even realize you could place bets on college baseball until this whole thing came up so no i don't i don't think they'll get the death penalty i think you know they fired the head coach they'll move on from it the best they can but uh i've heard just, uh it, it heard definitely sends a warning <laughs> what's that i said i've heard some rumors going around about the state of ohio's gaming commission as a whole i i think that they're seriously considering kind of shutting it down and that's that's just stuff i've heard it might be just blowing smoke but again well, it's, you guys just got sports gambling at the start of the year didn't you yeah we did so are you saying shutting it down completely or just college sports that they're i was talking about iowa down? not ohio oh iowa i thought you said ohio i'm sorry 
I'm sorry. Wow. Just what I've heard. Yeah. All right. Last question tonight. If you could go back in time, what sports moment would you have loved to be at? Oh, so I, I got to look at this through, you know, I, baseball and football were my jam. Um, I've always, those are the sports I love the most. The ones I obviously played for a really long time. You know, the Cowboys have done nothing since my existence. <laughs> um, I guess I would have to go back and say, I would have loved to have been at Wrigley field during the 2016 world series and just being a part of the game. Um, and then being able to hang out in Wrigleyville afterwards, go to the bars, celebrate, you know, whatever it might be. I think that that is the one that I would go back to. And, you know, it, with uh, with Chicago playing in Cleveland, I actually almost had the opportunity to go to Cleveland because it was very close. It was close, closer to um, Cleveland than it was Chicago based on where I lived at the time in Adrian, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had actually... Uh, <laughs> quite a scenario going on in my apartment at the time. And so we couldn't, we weren't actually allowed to leave our apartment during the world series. So um, yeah, that's the moment I would go with though, being at Wrigley field uh, for the, for the Cubs world series. Not a bad one. I'm going to go with Derek on this. I'll go back to my childhood. I'll say 1980 United States versus Russia in, uh, in the Olympics. And you know, Miracle on Ice. That's what I would go with for sure. That's that's when I remember it was not live. It was tape delayed, but I remember watching it on TV as a kid. And that's the one that I would go back to. Lake Placid, Miracle on Ice. It you know, it's like the last really great moment, I think, especially in US. I mean, definitely in US Olympic hockey, but so memorable. Of course, they made a movie about it and everything else. Shytown says, shot heard around the world. He's going Bobby Thompson. I'd be, I'd, 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 I'd go back in time and I would be standing next to Willie Mays in the on deck circle is where I'd be if I went back to Bobby Thompson. I've always wanted to be in black and white. So I would go back there <laughs> as well. <laughs> All right. Some good ones. Good ones. Good stuff tonight. And uh, once again, don't forget, we mentioned this earlier, the, uh, the Chad Tough auction that is going on i posted the link and i'll go ahead and post it again right now since it kind of got caught up there are a lot of different things that you can uh, place a bid on in this auction and the big one is a package of four for the notre dame usc game you're going to get to walk the the walk from the basilica you're going to get down on the field and all different kinds of cool stuff it is for four people and uh, if you go to that link the givesmart.com it's it is e.givesmart.com slash events it is the uh the auction for the chad tough fight against dipg that is uh what that is for a rare form of cancer cj Carr's brother chad who passed away from that and his family founded the organization chad tough to fight against DIPG. Jesse made it through. We only had one cutout tonight, so that's good. Appreciate it. Hopefully your phone stays golden. You stay golden. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I'll have to, you know, I'm, I'm on to my next hit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I'm sure Salty thinks 
he knows what you mean. All right, have a great time or have a great night. Don't forget, smash the like button and, of course, subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate you, and we will talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk.